There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Lose that time when I was in Boston. But you know what? The inmates that were there, they were there because they were telling me, Cannon, boy, you're good, you know, you don't know. You should go for it. And I was like, yeah. And, you know what I mean? Everybody kept telling me, yeah, you're good, you're good. It's like, yeah, but why ain't nobody picked me up then? And I couldn't understand it because it was always about how it was for us, nurtured into us. It was You were seen by scouts. Mm. So I was saying, well, if I'm that good, why ain't scouts seeing me? What's going on? So I just thought I wasn't good enough. So you can imagine a kid like, I was 19, and suddenly I'm thinking, wow, you know what? This is a chance. Don't mess it up. And like, when I was getting the ball, man, I, w- I wasn't doing what I I normally do, I naturally do. I just kept the ball and gave it back. I just gave it back because they couldn't say I did anything wrong. I didn't lose it. And I tell you, the person who started me, um, who really, once again, encouraged, Graham Wilkins. Um, Ray Wilkins' brother, he was um, right back. And he stopped me. He said, look, Ken, I said, don't, they don't want to see that. He said, take me on. And I'm, to, I'm giving it like, you sure? <laughs> and I mean, he don't know. If I take him on, I'll make him look silly. But like, you know, I said, go on, yes, take me on. And it's like, boy, my flow started to come back and I dropped the shoulder. And like, oh God. Wow. Just dropped every piece of confidence right at me. Knocked me for six. I literally was excited, young boy, ready to rip. Now, I'm just like, Canners, yeah, coming. And I don't even remember going there. Um, I had family, friends that were there, and they were hurt as more than what I was, kind of thing, and disgusted, should I say, and telling me, boy, why do you want to play here? Long Hello and welcome to the Long Ball Street Podcast. Today I'm joined by James once again. He's filling in for Matt, who's still away on paternity leave. Um, remember, if you'd rather watch this than listen to it, we're on the Long Ball Street YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the Long Ball Street. But more importantly, we're joined by one Paul Canaville, ex-Chelsea, Range, uh, Reading, my bad. And um, before, your, your story is incredible, uh, Paul. I, I think people that do know it will know that already. And I've been looking into it a lot over the last couple of weeks uh, and, and it kind of really blew me away uh, the, uh, everything that you've lived through and but before going through that I, we thought a good way to start this didn't we Jim uh, was would be to talk about what you've learned how, if you was just to give a lesson or, or to give a message to your 16 year old self knowing everything that you do um, what, what would you say to if I'm going back to be honest it's to listen to my parents um, they knew exactly um, the devices, what a kid would be doing, what would they be getting up to, yeah. and they knew exactly. And I obviously didn't. And wayward, from age of twelve, I've got to say, I started going astray. Um, and it's just to you understand and take time to listen to them, um, in yourself, to believe in yourself, and sometimes that's the factor with us kids we don't believe in ourselves and we don't get encouraged more mm. 
and I, well, I wasn't encouraged at all. I didn't have that background of encouragement. It was always somebody else, but it wasn't somebody else I wanted to hear it from. I wanted to hear it from my parents. Yeah. So um, at times it was, yeah, really on the street, um, kind of followed. I was like the lamb. I wasn't a bad boy, but I wanted to be the bad boy. What sort of things was you was you getting up to at oh, some twelve? Come on, man! He's trying to <laughs> little robberies and little you know going in shops. I wasn't a good thief. Uh, <laughs> you I, know, I got oh, man, I was so bad. I was bad. I was watching that like, kids and my dad like, what are, you, what are you doing? And you know how it was when your kid used nicking sweets. Yeah. And I went in there and I thought, yeah. And I took my Twix and I thought, slipped it in my pocket and I thought, good yeah. Yeah. And I'm making out like, oh yeah, buy the chewing gum and go to straight to the counter. And I'm there taking out the money, paying for it. And he said, yeah, what about the Twix? And I was so embarrassed. Yeah. I said, I can't even nick a Twix. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I went, nah, Paul, you're not a thief. Don't, don't do that. It's not happening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just, for me, yeah, believing in yourself as a youngster and getting encouragement and support, I think is what a lot of kids and I say West Indian kids back then did lack we didn't get that and my mum would tell you straight she wasn't supportive she wasn't motherly mm. as such and I kind of yeah what advice would you give someone who isn't getting that encouragement and support but is a 13 year old kid and isn't, if they can't find it in their parents depending on I guess their, their living situation then what find someone who you're friend with and open up talk with them because that's what I didn't do and that was because of my parents, like once again, that was my mum, should I say, it was a case of your business, anything to do with your business stayed in the four walls, in your house. And it was like, sometimes there's a lot of things that was on my mind that I wanted to share and I wanted to open up and it wasn't just with my mum, it was outside of that. And so when somebody saw me and they could see that something was wrong, they would um, ask, you alright Paul? And I would say, yeah, but I was in denial, I wasn't. I wanted to open up, but because I scared of my mum, if I told them, then they, my mum here, then I'm in trouble. And so, yeah, a lot that kind of built up on my shoulder. It was really a lot of weight. Um, and I, don't get me wrong, it was like going in my room because my sister and my mum shared one bed, and I had my own bed, and it was like I was a loner. Uh, I was just looking at the four walls and I wanted to open up, wanted to talk to somebody, and I didn't have an older brother that I could share that with. Yeah. So it was, it was your mum, wasn't she? She was working a lot. Uh, oh, yeah, man, don't get me wrong. That was hard, and I realise that now because I was a youngster and I just wanted everything like as a kid does, and when you see something, you want it because you always see your friend who get it. Why can't I get it? And you kind of envy that. So my mum, trust me, she was working some shifts, and it was difficult for a young black girl. I'm going to be honest, it was really difficult. She came over in the late 50s, um... And, uh, 16 years old and to find work it was hard enough and the story shit she used to give me I was like wow I understand things have changed now but I don't think I could have took that what she was taking at that time what so, do you mean by that? oh the racism I mean refused jobs just because of the colour of her skin worked in the hotel she worked downstairs and laundry then she got promoted she went for the promotion to be a maid and when she asked the manager the manager said no nah, the position's gone the same white woman that worked with her went for the position and got it. And that choked my mum up. She said, yeah, well, fuck your work, fuck your job. Oh, my swearing. Yeah, no, yeah, it's good, it's good. good. Um, yeah. well, it's not as good. It, it, well, I just think people, <laughs> people have to sense of themselves. They're not getting a general reflection of, of, of how they want to express themselves. Yeah, so feel free. Hmm. Um, it's, it's a shame, actually, because you're, the colour of your skin seems to have defined a lot, certainly professionally, um, about your life. And it, it even even after the football, you know, because, you know, a lot of what you talk about, the reason why you're here now, I'm, I mean, you wouldn't be sitting here if you was a white guy. Do you know what I mean? Because, I mm. but the reason why I'm saying that is story. because, you know, what, what's the story at Chelsea? Exactly. Um, it was hard. Um, you've got to understand, it was, as a, a youngster, as a teenager, we're talking about 15, I was kind of unruly, I was difficult, I didn't know where I was going. I knew I wanted to play football. I knew I wanted to be a professional football, but I just saw it wasn't happening, so I went, just went wild. Um, and I think what made it change is when I went into Boston, and that was just something silly that I went, there's only one, there's always one. 
<laughs> there's always one. That's yeah, right. So um, I got caught. <laughs> you got to turn it off either. And um, you not take, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. That's my family. <laughs> <laughs> I bought him on the day out and look what he does. <laughs> So, anyway. so, so you went, you went into uh, to I went to Borstal and yeah, for a silly little That's crime. terrifying though, right? Um, it is a 15 year old locked up. Um, What's that moment like when there's, mate, when, when you, you go, go right, down, you're in your, what were you in a uh, uh, room I was or? 15, no, I was in the kind of dormitory, kind of when you first go in with a lot of people, obviously to help me out, but it was watch your nine opener. I was like, all right, get up in the morning. All right, what's happening? This, yeah, flop out. So we'll flop out what? Get washed in them. So, I thought, okay, and you're in just your pants, or should I say, in a vest, and they got you waiting out in the courtyard, and it was cold. So I said, okay, maybe are you mad? No, 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 no. So I saw this queue, and I'm going, well, I ain't going in no queue. So I walked straight into the bathing areas, and the school asked me, and they said, what are you doing? So you think I'm doing? I'm going to get washed. There's a queue. What queue? I was being arrogant. And I went in there giving it lip. He said, yep, yeah, you're down in the block, bam. And from you're down in the block, that put downstairs, you in the cell, that's another three days on to your normal. Oh, fuck. Did you, thinking, did you wear it out then? No, I didn't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> soon find out, I'll yeah. tell you that. And I was like, what? So anyway, from I came out of the block upstairs, it was like, you know what, Paul? This is routine now. You've got to listen, because now, you, I used even used to my freedom. Don't get me wrong, nobody's telling me nothing. But this now I'm in control. I'm not in control. So um screws are telling you when you're getting up in the morning, you're flopping out, you fold your bed. Trust me, it, I couldn't believe the way I was making up my bed. It was like one of them soldiers. I mean, fine corners of folding your bed. I never I've never folded my bed like that before. But I soon knew how. And then folding your clothes, jump up. I didn't know they could fold them that slim. Mm. It was like in a compartment, and I was doing that every day. I learned to do that, and it, that kind of routine gets to be like an independent because then you're starting to look after yourself. Yeah. So from there, yeah, I started following routines, and it was kind of not an open ball still. Don't get me wrong, wasn't really cages or something. Um, during that week, I think I obviously uh, I joined in the football team down there, and that was a good thing, and. There was a lot of black boys and white boys in there from East London, North London, it was all good. And I went in the team and it was funny enough that I, we played teams that were, came from outside, big men that came from outside and that was allowed in to the dorm, you know what I mean? So it was a case of, yeah, um, the screws were on one end and there we are with the outside Wilson, yeah, mate, you got a fag. Yeah, just, just, ah. just secretly put it put it to the side, put it to the side. You know what I mean? Not make it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think you can, you know, secretly get away with that and smoke yeah. it later. No, those screws had the living eagle eyes, man. <laughs> they could see everything. So we were on side, played the team, and it's funny. We, we, I think we even won 10-0 and I scored nine goals. It was unbelievable. But what stayed in my head was when one of the screws said to me, you're good. He said, why don't you go for trials for Chelsea? Now, I didn't know about Chelsea, to be honest. Mm. Um, at a time, which everybody knows now, I used to support Leeds United. <laughs> and yeah, now I know the history with Chelsea and Leeds, it's kind of, yeah. But it was like, not taking that serious. And when he said it, it was just, yeah, blind. But for me, you know what? I just wanted to get out of this ball store. Mm. And then for me to get out of that ball store, it was a case of, I'm taking my career, so I'm, well, I want to be a footballer. I'm going to take this serious. Um, that's the only thing at the time I felt I was good at. And so it was coming out, going back to me mum's and behaving and seeking work and just... Was you, was you always good at football? Was you always naturally gifted always. or did you have school teachers that trained you up no. or was it just something you were good at? funny when you say that because, yeah, it was just natural. I didn't learn from nobody. I did my own thing. All I want, I loved training back in the day. It was always... Today's um, standard has changed, obviously, because back then when I was playing, I was playing like two, three games a day. And it was like from my junior, then I played for the oldest kids, and I played for, and it was like, felt nothing about it. That's you kind of legs and you felt tired, but boy, the energy I had. Yeah. But today's for you couldn't do that. You Ex know what I mean? Experience a experiencing a place like that, was that something that then, and then getting that little nugget of encouragement from someone, 
being in that moment, did that sort of provide that little snapshot to see that if I want to make something of myself, you're latching on, to, you're looking to latch onto something, and football was that was that thing for you? It was um, when you said encouragement because it was it was great hearing it from the screws at the time when I was in Boston. But you know what, the inmates that were there. They were like, because they were telling me, Cannon, boy, you're good, you know, you don't know. You should go for it. And I was like, yeah. And, you know what I mean? Everybody kept telling me that you're good, you're good. It's like, yeah, but why ain't nobody picked me up then? And I couldn't understand it, because it was always about how it was for us, nurtured into us. It was You were seen by scouts. Mm. So I was saying, well, if I'm that good, why ain't scouts seen me? What's going on? So I just thought I wasn't good enough. Um, But when coming out, I went, Join the local side because I used to commute all the way from Slough down to London, and because my team that was Hanwell Celtic at the time played for me in school times, and um, the manager there, rest his soul, um, rest in peace, um, called him Dish. He looked after us all us kids. Um, he used to pick us up, and when we was in trouble, even if we was in prison, well, say police station, he'd pick us up like five figure, figure. So I was just wanted to play for him and. But it was a bit too far um, till I got to a, a side which was Hindenburg Borough, mm. where it started it all. Um, young 60-year-old, because I was in Ballstool and I wrote a letter to the manager that I knew, Colin Barnes. And it's funny because I was like, good behaviour and I came out. And as I was coming out, he was coming down to collect me or to vouch for me, you know what I mean? But I already come out, so he said, look, come down, Hindenburg Borough. And they were a good side. It was a summer league at the time, but I was in the youth, and I only played for the youth once. Next thing I know, I was in the first team. He had a lot of stick, really, because I'd come out and I was straight into the youth playing, and the parents were making a, a right rampage. Really? Why is this guy coming? He said, look, man, he's a good player, hmm. and let me tell you something, he ain't going nowhere. If you don't like it, you can go. Well, he didn't say it like that, he said, you'll fuck off, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and next I, thing I know, I was just back like, first. Hey? We centre back first. You know what? I started at school. Trust me, I started centre half. And let me tell you something. I used to be like one of them road runners. I used to leave the centre. I used to strike. I said, "Look, go on, because I'll catch you." Mm. And it was like that. I, I was just yeah, that quick. It was just amazing. I was just picking up balls. But what it was for me, when I had the ball at the back, I couldn't find nobody to pass to. So then I'd start to dribble right from centre half all the way down. And that's when they changed and said, man, a man could dribble like that. Mm. You need to be in our own half, their half, to do that dang, that damage. Yeah. So, yeah, I got moved to left wing and started from there. Uh, and how long was it before Chelsea picked you up from Hillingdon? Well, got to say it was a few terms because um, I've got to say a real, I was an honour to be playing for Hillingdon. I learned a lot. I can't remember the manager there, Bradford or somebody. And the ex-players that were like retired from pro and coming down, you know, I mean, the league yeah, yeah. and so forth, they gave me so much encouragement. Um, having my first pair of real proper boots, Puma, I think it was Puma Kings. Nice. And like, trust me, I was like, you don't know. <laughs> and I keep telling these boys about Winfield boots. What Winfield? That was Woolworths, man. Yeah. Those boots were the toughest boots going. <laughs> But it, ugly, but I had to clean them. Because my mum would never make me play football if I didn't clean her boots, because that's what her big money bought, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, the guy, he called me, he said, look, meet me on a Thursday. And I went, Thursday, where? Sports centre. And um, if anybody remembers, Steve Perriman yeah. had the sports centre down in Huxbridge, I think it was. And I went down, met him down, and he told me to choose a pair of boots. And I thought, oh, God, he's paying for boots. So I'm picking the cheapest pair of boots. And he said, Kenneth, what are you doing? Well, he didn't call me Kenneth. Kenneth, what are you doing? I'm picking the boots. He said, I said, pick yourself a decent pair of boots. And that's where I got the Pim King. Yeah, you're straight on that. Wow. Good shout. The level on that was unbelievable. So, so far, it seems like every <coughs> what you really needed to kick on for your youth, just this is on this snapshot of hearing it, is the moments where you got encouragement or people saying, yeah, you're good. And, and, and that belief in yourself or someone's believing in you to buy you a pair of boots or whatever it might be is that yeah. that point where you, you kind of things kicked on for you um, it's, just, it's just an interesting thing uh, and when you talk about being a kid and, and perhaps your parents weren't around in the way that you necessarily needed them they were but 
it's kind of it's interesting that though that encouragement that you didn't get from home came from other people when yeah. you least expected it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, Ch- Chelsea. We have to move on because people are saying we're going to talk about Chelsea. But the uh, you know your your you paid I don't know somewhere between eighty and hundred games for Chelsea. Yeah. All right, um, but you're probably one of the most important players that they've ever had for reasons other than what people might expect. Do you want to instead of me explaining it? What uh, you know, I keep hearing this in important and how I paved the way or legend and so forth. And it wasn't about that. Um, the dream, age of five, wanted to be a professional footballer. Didn't think he had the chance. Once again, mentioned encouragement. Didn't think he got that. And it was other people telling you that until I was at Hillenden and had chances and trials. Southampton, West Brom, Wimbledon, and Chelsea came in. Um, Ron Stewart, Ron Stewart, I think it was, yeah, the scout at the time. And I went for trials my first week, and it was like, wow, I'm next to these pros, and I've just been watching them on telly, and I'm standing next to them. You don't know this kid's like, whoa, this is nerves, man, Mickey Joy, look at this giant, man, whoa. So you can imagine a kid like, I was 19, and suddenly I'm thinking, wow, you know what, this is a chance, don't mess it up. And like, when I was getting the ball, man, I, w- I wasn't doing what I, I normally do, I naturally do. I just kept the ball and gave it back. I just gave it back, because they couldn't say I did anything wrong. I didn't lose it, I gave it back. Yeah. So I was doing that regular, regular, I'm like thinking, yeah, did a bit, played in the reserve game, so forth. And the week there, thought, well, somebody's gonna talk to me, say something, but nobody says nothing. And I went, well, that's kind of weird, well, how do you know do you get on? What did I do? Yeah. And nobody said nothing. And pardon me, I just went back to the club, in the Borough, thinking, well, that was it. That was my chance. I'm not good enough, Paul. Um, and it's funny that he, the guy came back. He said, what's wrong? I said, what's wrong? Nobody said nothing. I said, no, we're interested, man. Come back again. I went, what? And I thought, well, you know what? I'm not doing nothing. I'm doing the same thing. Just pass it back, Paul. Don't do it wrong. And I tell you, the person who's started me, um, who really, once again encouraged, Graham Wilkins, um, Ray Wilkins' brother, he was um, right back, and he stopped me, he said, look, Ken, he said, don't, they don't want to see that, he said, take me on, and I'm, to, I'm giving it like, you sure? <laughs> and I mean, he don't know, if I take him on, I'll make him look silly, <laughs> but like, and I said, go on, yes, take me on, and it's like, boy, my flow started to come back and I dropped the shoulder and went, Woof, gone. And I was like, oh gosh, this is easy. And I was dropping, I was doing, supplying the ball, crossing the ball, crossing the ball. And all week it was that confidence was building up. And then Friday come in, the nerve rack, and you're seeing the manager and they said, yeah, can Johnny Owen see you? And I'm thinking, shit, this is it, man. Did I do enough? Did I do right? Trust me, you can imagine, you're yeah, outside yeah. the door, and I'm like, just God. And I'm going over what I think I did right, and what I think, oh, I could have done better there. And I think, did he see that? Shit, I don't know. And I'm going in and gone in office, aye? This is my Welsh accent, aye, lad? Aye? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, we like what you do, and we're gonna assign you till the end of the season. And that was about seven months in that season. Yeah. And I've had to prove to get a contract. Mm. And, um, when he said it, yeah, we're gonna sign you. You don't know, man. I literally, playing all calm and cool, until I got outside, and I went, I made that the loudest <laughs> shout, the noise I let up, come on! <laughs> I said, yeah, and then we would come out, is everything all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and trust me, it was like, phone my sister, phone yeah, people, you know? Yeah, oh, my sister, told? man. Yeah, yeah big time, big What's time. What's that phone call like? That phone with my sister is always cool, but it's like, yeah, go and tell mum. Yeah, really? You tell mum. No, you tell mum. And my mum, so, uh, she's just like, like hi mum. What? No. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? She always think there's something wrong when you phone and said, yeah, guess what? What? Uh, mum, man, I've done it. Done what? Yeah, I've done it. Done what? <laughs> Stolen the Twix. I probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional, I'm signing up. But you know when I thought I could hear something, so what? It was like, wow. Oh. All right, cool, bye. You know what I mean? I wanted to hear that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I proved. Yeah. You know what I mean? All the troubles I gave you, the troubles I've been in. Like, I've done it. Come on, man. But she didn't give me that. Yeah. So for me, it was a fight 
for myself. Does she? Does she look retrospectively at, at that and 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 and, and recognise what you did achieve, or is it something she never got? She couldn't get her head around. You know what? Mum was proud of me, but didn't show it. She wasn't a person to show it. Yeah. So it was like nothing failed, but it's like to share that. It it would have been something weak for her. Because they were brought up discipline. That's how she is. I've been to the Caribbean, I've been to St. Martin, and they are, they bring up those kids very hard. Mm. But um, for mum to show that emotion, she didn't show it. And that's probably what we wanted from my, my, my sister and myself. Mm. Um, that encouragement, that love, and said, well done, then. yeah, come on, come on, you can prove yourself, you see where you've come, see how far you've come. She didn't give us that. Mm. So I had to do this all myself. I don't know, and when I talked, I, it was like nice to share something, but it's like when I shared it, it was like wasn't the person I wanted to share it with. Yeah. So and I wasn't openly, openly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. As much as they said, "Well done, Paul," it wasn't that I wanted to hear from them. Yeah, of I wanted course. to hear from. Yeah, yeah. But um, and to put it into perspective, um, that story on its own of, of going from Hillingdon uh, to to getting into the Chelsea first team, which we're going to get into in a sec, but the. The squads, they're not the squads that Chelsea have now. There's not 50 players and 60 players out on loan, is there? And there was like, I mean, there's one sub. There's it. how many in your squad? How many do you have in the squad at no, Chelsea? No, let me tell you something. It's funny because we were talking about this the other day and I was talking about on under the bridge when I did hospitality, we were on stage and we do a short little q and It was me, Colin Pates and John Hollins, my manager. And it was like, do you remember, Pacey? It wasn't like, like 11 players and you're having about six substitutes. It was just one substitute, mm. 11 players, and that manager had to use his months of when to pull you on. Not nice. too early, not too late. It's to make a difference, because you can get an injury. You're supposed to replace that. If you've got another injury, where do you go? Mm. So this is what I kept telling these youngsters, man. And um, when I did get on, it was like, for me, to, to make an impact. As much as I always wanted to start off the game, um, I thought, God, man, I've got to make an impact. And if I change the game, all the best. That, that's good for me, and hopefully that give me in the, into the side. Um, but yeah, it was difficult back then. I came at a time when the boys, well, the team, weren't playing too well, and they was low in the league. I think it was third from the bottom, mm. fourth at one time. And I kind of period where, you know what I mean, they all had their favorite players, the Clive Walker, the Floyd Drivers, the Mickey Fillers, Pace. Mickey Joy and um, young black boy, don't get me wrong, I just got on with the youth. And I just, to be honest, I thought it was easy because I was playing in reserves and I thought, God, this should be hard. No, I was scoring goals left, right, and centre. And obviously, making a difference and um, making a nuisance, to be honest, because the manager just got me in, it was out of the blue. And yeah, the debut. Did, did you did you know what kind of club Chelsea were when you signed? Did you have any idea about what their fan base was made up of? I mean, it's weird actually that you, you're a fan of Leeds and Chelsea because not only are they rivals, they're actually rivals and how potentially racist their fans could I, could have been at the time. I had no idea. You know, and also, this was, they had a big Combat 18 movement at I the time, which is neo-Nazism, no essentially. I had no idea. I was coming there... I probably didn't see that at the first three months, to be honest, because I wasn't in the first team, so it was obviously reserve football, and reserve football was played in the week. So there was no... Not you just come in the week, play in the afternoon, and you've gone home until Saturday. And boy, it was like... The kick home, I think, was, was the debut. And then after that, it was like the home game. It's like this march and this group and... They're not the normal fan. They've got some serious boots and training. I was like, whoa. And I realized, this is National Front. How do you get these supporters? And, well, it, yeah, it was frightening sometimes because I didn't want to be recognised. I had the cap, something like this, walking down, kept down, and brochures being put in front of me. And I said, can't you see, mate? I'm black. Like, I'm you mean past. when you're walking down oh, the street, yeah. you had a right, cap on? Yeah, I had a cap on. I was outside of ground, and literally, because we only had the first entrance, didn't we? Right now you've got the two entrances now, but there's only the one entrance so far. Mm. And um, you used to walk them past there. It was kind of scary because they were lined up there and you're walking past and 
like I'm trying to pretend I'm not going to the ground kind of thing I've got nothing connected to the ground but until I got to the entrance got in there quick that's mad as a player man it, that was scary yeah so for your debut yeah. itself you were, you were on the subs bench when you came yeah came on, obviously and it was, and you were completely oblivious to I to that experience so explain nothing. that experience for people who don't know what you were that it was your excitement the young boy's excitement he's called in you're going to be sub you knew from the that was it early in the day I think it was because it was I had to go and get my mum to bring my suit you know what I mean and I said like, oh my gosh and like yeah on the coach it was a journey thinking oh my god if I get on I get on and you're talking the game you're talking for the game and you don't even know if you've got it on so um, yeah it was and you start to see the crowd come in think god this is yeah this is where you want to be so you feel at home in that atmosphere it was good so it, many people even though, you know you're nervous because right now these guys have come to see you play football and you got to put off performance you got to play as a team and so forth but my teammates were so supportive don't get me wrong and that was the great thing about it these guys that played regular and said can when you get on do the best mate just hold the ball take your time so they encouraged me you know and I was come outside and I saw my supporters and I saw all those and I thought oh, yeah and sitting down did the warm up and just sit down and the whistle started thinking yes and then you just take in, because you have to take in your opponent. Because I'm playing a position with left wing, so it's right back. And I'm looking at right back, and I said, oh gosh, he is so slow. <laughs> so slow. I'm going to roast this guy. You know what I mean? I know I'm going to roast him. And you're just, you're just waiting for that time. For that time. And if the team's playing well, then don't worry. You, you go with it. But if they're <coughs> not, come on, man, let's change it. And it was going nil, 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 right through the first half. And I thought, yeah, if it's nil nil, I'm not gonna get on the chain. And I was waiting, I was waiting, and I was waiting. You could have 15 minutes went, 20 minutes went, 25. I think, why this man ain't watching? What? I know I can change. I'm talking to myself. I'm on the line. I'm making hell noises like to the man. Manage I'm here. in front of him. Just oh, like seriously, could you imagine where you had aluminium studs? You know what I mean, I'm making the hell noise. Let's <laughs> <laughs> make sure he knows I'm here still. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. And like, you can't tell the manager to, you know what I mean? I'm right. And this is how it was. As close as you are to me, I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking, come on, man. It's like... Because it's literally just you and him, isn't it? It's me and oh, him. Yeah, it was just... In hindsight, do you think that actually yeah. maybe that cost Seriously, you a few minutes? Three people, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like, like, man, I'm thinking, come on, you can see the game as well as I can. Change this. <laughs> but like, um, and I've seen the time and it's like, wow, 10 minutes. What's it like? <laughs> and it's like, tell me, go and get warmed up. And you know, <laughs> as a like, kid, you're finally. thinking, you're not even thinking that, you think, go and get warmed up. What, for 10 minutes? <laughs> I was like that. I was really giving give it action, like, and wanted to tell him, what, for 10 and realised where I was, I went, he's the manager, Paul, hold on, yeah. <laughs> let's get up here. And so I went, and I went down the line, and I warmed up, and I started warming up, and boy, trust me, I had my back. And I thought, yeah, this is good, just stretch it, because I'm going to curry up. 
hurry up and get back, get onto the pitch. Boy, that would the hit. Cause I started hearing this abuse and, and I thought, wow, I didn't know Crystal Palace was like that. Whoa, they're really trying to put me off and I ain't even on there. And it was scary cause they're like, oh, hey, you nigga, sit down. I wasn't, nah, mate, I ain't even looking. Oh, you black. No, 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 no. And it was that near, because you know how it was then, then times and studying. Mm. It was that cold, the crowd was closer to you in the warm up. So, so I, I could feel it, the vibe, I could feel it. And I said, oh, yeah, nigga, go back home, you monkey. And I was like, no, fuck this. And I turned around. And that was the shock, because when I turned around, I was like, what? That ain't Crystal Palace, man. That's, I had to look at it, that's Chelsea fans. And I was thinking, but I've got a Chelsea shirt. No, that didn't make no change, no difference. And you said to yourself, they're literally just there, the hit. Is that how it felt? You yeah. turn around and just like, that was the smack hit. in your face. That wow. just dropped every piece of confidence right at me. Knocked me for six. I literally was excited, young boy, ready to rip. Now, I'm just like, Kangas? Yeah, I'm coming. And I don't really want to go on the pitch. Because mm. I'm drained. I don't know what I'm going to do. So it was like, I went to the pitch and I did what I did at the start. When I started, I got the book, I gave it back. Mm. I couldn't find no energy to go and take on and do what I did because I was shocked. So um, I was just waiting for the referee to blow his whistle. Get back in. Did you talk to anyone about it? No. I'll tell you what, you know, I, and I remember this just by... Did your, team, your teammates, were, was it clear shocked. that they were aware of it? They was where they heard it. And when I went in, I ran straight in and they saw me in the corner. It wasn't asked, what were you gonna ask me? Poor, are you all right? They could see I wasn't all right. And I was like, well, I just wanted to get out of here and go. Yeah. You, you didn't hold any kind of anger towards no. them? For, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. much they can do, is It wasn't them. I know that. And they could see, I know this, in effect. I saw and they could, they was like, fucking, what did you go through? And it was like, wow. And it was not, no, faintly, you can hear it. And you can hear the anger from their supporters at that time. So, it, it for that, it did drain me. Mm. I had lost everything from me that wanted to perform was gone. And we were chatting about right at the start, you are saying, what is that thing that you've learned? And you were talking about encouragement. It seems to be a bit of a theme that we're kind of going through. But So leading up to that game, it sounds like your teammates had supported you and built you up and you'd, you'd flourished with that. Mm. And then in that second, it's then drained away when you see that lack of support from the supporters. Yeah. What was the game like after that? How do you pick yourself up and go again? What was what was going through your mind the next time you came on? Because did it happen again straight oh, away? Yeah, of course Always. it did, man. Yeah. It was happening away, happening at home. So how do you how do you but keep coming back and keep going going again? It, you you got to understand this because how I got home, I don't remember how I got home. If I got a lift because I was living in Slough at the time. And um, and I had family friends that were there, and they were hurt as more than what I was kind of thing and disgusted, should I say? And telling me, boy, why do you want to play here? Leave the club. They're racist. But I had to explain it wasn't the club the racist. Just some fans are. Mm. Yeah, but what fan would do that to your player? Oh man, don't say it, Paul. You're mad. And I was like, I've been given an opportunity here. And it's not easy. So what happens if I leave here to go where? And if I go, it happens there. What happened then? It was kind of, you know what? Going back, obviously, to what my mum was talking to me about, what she had to do when she was at work. And I was saying, you know what? Nah, man, I'm going to have to turn the face. As much as I get angry, and I do get angry quickly. But right now, I don't want to give anybody a reason to throw me out. This is my dream, this is my chance. So I had to take, I literally had to take it. Mm. And I'm getting my wrong, I was, oh, was peeing, I was like, that kind of grin, but it wasn't a grin. It was like, mm. you know what? Because it depends how you reacted then would, would have defined the impact that you'd have, you eventually had. And like you said, how important it was that you, you, you did play for Chelsea. Because there were other black players that played. Water Smith played, sorry, Water Toll played for Tottenham yeah. in, I think, 1960. Is it the 60s? Yeah, 1960. Uh, yeah. uh, before the First World War. Yeah. Um, 
But but you you was at Chelsea, which I, I did have a, a kind of racist element to their support. And we should say not all of them. You know, it no. wasn't like the whole crowd were yeah. playing for your blood or anything. But you you kind of you opened you you made it acceptable somewhat, and it shouldn't have come to that, but it was the way it was, where black players could readily play for Chelsea, and you went back there later, didn't you, and to find um, after obviously um, coming from that ladder and coming down um, life did kind of spiral um, and I was depressed because coming out of the game early I went back after I was invited to be honest by Chelsea and there I was working with the um, the education department and going into schools that was the first thing I was sharing my story and it was like thinking sharing your story to these kids who weren't even born when you was playing how are they going to know me but yes they knew um, the history the white what's now stays as Wikipedia yeah. the history was like well but yeah coming back at Chelsea I was kind of well yeah Cannon's come for this game we're playing Man City and I love you to come on the pit you know what I mean I went well yeah, I said okay and I was there and it was like you know what you can imagine the night before I was so nervous and I was like going through it. I was looking at it and said, Paul, what if the people don't like you? Man, you've been away and ain't got a black thing. I was thinking, nah, man, I can't take that abuse again. Mm. I'm not even a player. And I was, I was going through a lot of things dreaming at night. And then got up in the morning, I got early thinking, yeah, get myself ready, get that smart casual and thing. I think, God, I'm going to ground. And I'm on the train and you can see the fans out on the train and none of them recognize me and I'm keeping it low. And the boys, you know what I mean? That are seeing me, and I'm thinking, yeah, but watch out, would he recognise me? But cool. I got the ground, I saw Neil see me, I mean, dumb right, there's a seat up there, what's going on? I'm gonna call you half time. I said, yeah, and I'm watching. I'm thinking, shit, boy, what happened here? Because this ain't the bridge of old, this is all gone. I mean, yeah, I'm shedding, that stone's gone, it's all seated. I'm like, what happened here? The track that was around it, mm. it's all gone. I'm thinking, wow, when did they do this? How long have I been away? And it was like, I sat down there and half time, I think it was nil nil, and then half time I'm thinking, shit, he's calling me on, and I got escorted, Mr. Cannibal, and I got down to it, and I'm thinking, oh my god, went to the tunnel, and you can imagine I'm looking the first thing from my manager's office, and it ain't there no more. I'm seeing it's <coughs> up to date. I think, what the fuck is this? Damn, so I was in the media room, can I see him, can, you're kind of going, yeah, I said, yeah, what, what I mean? and I'm thinking, who the arse is he? You know what I mean? And it was so different, I've never seen the media room, it was like, oh, the reporters all over there, tipping away, and I was like, what is this? And then Neil was coming, come, just going, what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk a bit, and I'm going to introduce you, just come to the picture and so forth. I said, okay. And I was at the side, I'm not lying, I was just like this, in front, and it's, you walk down the steps and you know, I said, damn. And then Neil makes the introduction and the player that you would know, he came on, the Sheffield Wednesday, scored a goal and I thought, well, they should know me by then. And our first black player, da 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 I was like, oh my God. I listened to that and I went out, Paul Cannaval, and I went, and I went down, and I just like quarter of a way onto the green. And damn, it was like, I started to hear, Applause. <laughs> and I was like, fuck off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what's wrong with these ones? Do they remember me? Fuck. You know what I mean? And then people standing up. And, like, and I'm trying not, you know that one where you're not trying to stare, but you want to stare to make sure, like, so nobody's like, mm, turning their head. And, like, and yeah, poor Cannibal, you know what I mean? And I thought, I'd just go on and come off. He's like, and so I gave it that one and I turned all around and huh? said, thank you very much. And and Neil's only said, yep, yeah, let's walk around. Are you fucking sure? <laughs> <laughs> he said, East End. Paul Kellerman said, oh my God. And I'm walking. I swear you not. Yeah. I had tears in my eyes. Mm. I was so emotional. And my legs were shaking. I've never come out. I started shaking. I'm thinking, I'm, I just wanted to hear that outburst. Nigga, I wasn't hearing it. Mm. Everybody, Kellers, was coming. I went to the West. Matthew Harding went to the West. I, was, I could not be even the shed. I was like, damn. And it was like so emotional. It sounds like it was a really cathartic uh, moment for you. Is it something that, therefore, if it was cathartic, that must have been 
that was something that you'd held in yeah. you for what's that, that 15 years or yeah, whatever it was. it was I mean you could say I'm retired from 86 and here we are 2004 and not knowing how, to, how I'd be approached um, or received should I say and it was like well coming back Chelsea didn't think I would and to see the changes and and to be accepted and it was like not accepted it was like they remembered Mm-hmm. and they remembered obviously what you went through and I mean the whole and I was like whoa I didn't I really did not expect that a different kind of hit man that was trying to yeah I know where they hit you mean but anyway <laughs> it was a different buzz altogether um, when I went back to sit down and tell me sure, well I mate we don't have things it's like okay, Paul. and then when I saw it's like wow not taking in the game but really we were like seven black players here I said, what the? Seven, what's going on? And that's when the guy just sat me and said, Candace, mate, you started this. I said, you made this happen. All these black players are here in Chelsea. And I heard that. I didn't take it in sincerely, but I heard that. And it's like, kind of flowed. Because mm. I kept hearing it now, and I had to believe, you know, fair enough, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah. It is, every time I go there, and I get... I get bumps. I do. I still get nervous, even when I do my like hospitality. I still get nervous. But yeah, because it kind of becomes intrinsically a part. It is sewn into you when yeah. you suffer such a traumatic experience. I do. I do. And the guys are they're supporting. I'm, I still get frightened. Like, Can I? Uh, yeah, yeah. When I make you, you're right. Yeah. Can I get a picture? I'm like, bloody hell. Yeah, she's different. Have you ever had a fan come up to <coughs> you, a Chelsea fan come up to you who'd who'd said something that they ne- now regret? Yeah. I've had what's that, that like? I, that was the early stages when we was at, um, in the Champions League playing like the Barcelona and all that. And at this particular game, this Champions League, I'm thinking, well, this is a different thing. I've never seen the Champions League foreign teams coming up across the the bridge. So obviously, this is where the stage where it's different um, for me. That I was walking and it was like, oh, Kenners. I said, look, mate. I said, yeah, thank you. He said, look, I want to apologise, and I went. What yeah, I don't know you. Why? Look, I was one of those guys that racially abused you. And it was like Well he's an old boy. Yeah. Well my boy's had his kid with him. I was like, What do I do here? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, mate, that's done and dusty. No, Kenneth, I need to apologise. I'm gonna be honest and tell you I didn't know what I was doing. I was just following my old man. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid thinking because he told me yeah, the black was and I was just following him. I didn't know no better. But I make sure now my kids, they understand what it is, the effect it means, mm. racism. And I said, well, mate, you just told me that that's the best way. I'm cool with that. Mm. And I got that many times, it's like, wow. To even, I thought that for them, for me, brave, you didn't have to come to me and let me know that you was one of those um, people racially, racially abused me no no you, you could have just, just left it and yeah. I wouldn't have known no better and I guess to a point it's almost the opposite of what you went through on, in 2004 when you've gone um, there and you need yeah. that moment maybe yeah. just to just to experience it again I guess that's a lesson in life as well that mm. when things are a little bit scary sometimes you've got to you've got step out and go yeah, through it you know? that's the one so, so obviously before I mean we kind of flipped about in time scale then but I just want to quickly touch on your injury at Reading because it was horrendous wasn't it you moved to Reading you, play, you played uh uh, you had your career at Chelsea, then you moved, dropped down a division to play at Reading. A yeah. kind of new start without the kind of pressure of, of that kind of stuff. Mm. You had that process. You had a great game against Sheffield Wednesday when coming off the bench, I think at half time. Yes. 3 0 down. 4 3, then 4 0. 4 0. You scored two goals. Yeah, change it up. But uh, but then you went on to Reading. Yes. Um, and didn't play for very long. Was it 12, 15? First season. First yeah, season. Right in the first season. And I think, to be honest, if I was playing. They would have got promoted. Um, we started to change the football. Um, I've got to give Ian Bramford um, enough respect for giving me the chance and believing in me. Um, a nice bunch of players. Mm. And like you just said before, it was a lot more relaxed. It wasn't too much pressure like it was in that first division with Chelsea. Here I was. Um, they got promoted um, in second division and. They were just, yeah, this is not too difficult. Nobody flashed or nobody, I just got on. Mm. And obviously I was a big baller for them coming from Chelsea to them, you know what I mean? But 
the football was not oh, not in the league us this football with the long ball and chase and I had to say what is going on here you know what I mean so I had to talk to the man and say look if you want the best out of me give them the ball to my feet mm. so we changed it Stuart Bev was in midfield Steve Richardson that was behind me and we just started to play football and we were getting results and I was just playing Trevor Senior and he was just anything he hit was going in goal mm. and then we had Terry Erlock oh man forget what's your best Terry Erlock story <laughs> My best art. <laughs> He's a nut, isn't Getting it? the welcome from that boy. <laughs> I, God, it's funny like because I've, I just so want to sorry, play football. For, for people who are yeah. a bit younger, can you, I guess, first explain who Terry Erlock well, is? Well, all right. <laughs> you don't know Terry. Terry Erlock is a gypsy. <laughs> no disrespect to gypsy. Eh? Trust me, long hair, big balded, fit. Trust me, frightening. But um, I was leaving Chelsea after what was happening and I went to Brentford. And I was just about to sign, and I think Frank McClinton was the manager there. And he went away to the chairman after I agreed on signing on and whatever. That I got the phone call, and Ian Bramford got me down there. I've got to tell you this whole story. He said, Don't sign, don't sign. But he's just gone, don't sign, I'm on my way. And he must have been on his way already because he was, he was there in about 10, 15 minutes. So he's come in here, come on, drive him out. Hey, what, you're staying by my house? We go to training, take you to training in the morning, I went, okay, but I never came prepared, I only had my training gear and boots. Sitting there, saw this house, thinking, this manager, you're thinking, yeah, money here, <laughs> alright. So two, two, <coughs> I'm in bed, a great sleep, got up, first thing you do, going for the tournament, I've opened the doors, and as I open the doors, two girls, white girls are in front of me, and as I opened the door, they started screaming, and I was like, oh shit, and like, First thing to because you're black, and two white girls are screaming, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, shit, I ain't done nothing. Oh, I ain't done nothing, kind of thing. I and Bradford come in and said, well, boy, he's one of our players, one of our players. They've never seen a black person. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what have I come to now? I don't think, you, you can imagine that. You hear that, and you're thinking, I just left Chelsea, just shit there, and this is what I'm coming. Oh, <laughs> Screaming little white girls. So I turned to anyway, got through that bam downtown park training, and I got in there in the centre circle. And boy, them boys couldn't even take the ball off me. I was, I was doing nuts. Mm. Anyway, we had a little five sign possession, and then the person came in late, but I didn't ignore that. He just came in anyway. So I was just receiving the ball, and as I received the ball, bam, I was up in the air. I mean, up in the air. I mean, hold on. I know we all know we're teammates, but that table, I mean, fucking, who is that? What the fuck you think you're doing? Because I was down on the floor and turned around. Who the fuck? And so <laughs> it was like, I'm sure it was Steve Richard. He said, yeah, Kenneth, uh, yeah. That's Terry Herlock. <laughs> now, I already heard rumour. I didn't even have to see this man, but you heard about Terry Herlock. <laughs> nice to meet you, Terry. Shaking <laughs> <laughs> hand. Trust me, I weren't even going in there. Let me tell you something, boy. This brother would change a game for you. There was trouble, man. Terry, you need to sort that guy. He's the playmaker. Terry would sort tackle and ball. He never made it tackle and ball. He was like, oh, bam, bam. And when we started playing football, we were starting climbing up. Well, I think we were climbing third, third in the league. And unfortunately, that's when I, we played Sunday away, and I got that injury, and it's like, yeah, it changed. What well, it was a, cru a, cru a cruciate. I dislocated cruciates and ligaments. You dislocated your knee. Dislocated it and, and 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 snapped your cruciate ligaments. Ligaments. Um, and ligaments. Which in the modern era means a year out at least. Modern era is one of the worst injuries. Yeah, some some some, some players some players do come back from it. I think. Um, uh, Nistelrooy had the double double cruciate. Yeah, yeah. had a player that sort of three years on the trot, but wow. back back then it was. And Reading well, then there you wouldn't have specialists back then. Yeah, exactly. as have they to the specialists they have now. Yeah. And for Ch for Reading, it was a case of um, they took me. I, the specialist that was there, I remember I was in the hospital at Sunderland, and um, they flew got my mum down and my sister down. And they flew me back to Heathrow. Because imagine when I was in plaster, I had the whole plane. 
I couldn't believe this whole plane, you know. And my leg was across, couldn't even tie a seat back. Oh, no, the leg was across with the thing. I was like, oh my God, this whole plane. I'm thinking, wow. And I'm thinking, a club can do that. You know what I mean? When, when the injury back. itself happened, did you, did you think? No. Did you think it was I bad just thought, or you yeah, thought it was going to be okay? Back to yeah, yeah, of course. You don't think, because I didn't know the injury. Hmm. Until the doctor, I don't get me wrong, it was like, it was painstaking when I was on my way to the hospital. And I still didn't realise what was going on. I was like, because it was all right. I was in shock. And I probably didn't know what was wrong. And I was on the ground thinking, yeah, dirty bastard. Mm. And yeah, wait till I get up. I'm going to rock some skill on this boy. And I'm thinking, I'm on the floor. I on the ball. I'm like, yeah, trying. And I'm just being held down. And I've not even noticed the leg. I'm just being, what's wrong with you? Come on, man, let's take it. No, Paul, just cool. Mad. Let's go. He said, no, Paul, just we go. And that's when you look at your leg and you see that your bottom half is one side turned and the other one's the other side. And like, what the fuck? Oh, my and it was like that. And like, I'm like, what the fuck? And ambulance stretchers come on, rushing us for And now the pain's setting. And I mean, some serious. It was from me. I'm turning back, cut this fucker off. I couldn't take it. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And not knowing at the time until later on, they said how um, the knee had trapped the nerve. So the blood couldn't go through it. It was like trapped. And that was from, um, I'm in hospital pain. They can't deny I'm fucking dying. Get the doctor, get the nurse, fuck it, man, take it off. I swear, though, I must have been used there. I just didn't know what I was saying. Um, they must have knocked me out. Um, next thing I woke up, I was in a cast. And I thought, yeah, cast all the way up there and there, thinking, Oh, I must have broke my leg. And that was true. I thought I'd broken my leg. It's mm. much worse. And I thought, yeah, well, if it's broken my leg, you can get back to that. It's healed and get back. So right away, I'm just waiting for the doctor. Yes, doc. How long have I got? And I just noted the face. Mr. Cannibal. And I hate when they do that. Mm. When they go by the same name, Mr. Cannibal. That's serious. <laughs> Let's call me Paul, but no, you call him Mr. Cannibal shit. You know what I mean? And he said, look, You've had one of the worst injuries in football, haven't we? What? So, what you, so that you've dislocated, you've torn your crusades, and you've torn your leg, man. Yeah, I'm thinking, finally, come on, man, I can help. He said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, it'd be very difficult, you, difficult for you to come back. I mean, nah, man, you can't believe me now. Nah, I still couldn't believe now, nah, nah, come on, man. Rehabilitation, we'll get back to this, man, we'll build up the leg. Um, but then thoughts in my head, boy, started going and thinking, well, if I can't play football, what, the fuck, what am I going to do? Because that's all I know. Yeah. That's all I know. I play nothing else. So um, I was like, damn. Things started going in my head, and then it was like, shit, all that time my mum was telling me about taking my education serious now. Shit, why didn't I? Because now I don't know if, if I don't play football. Or, and it was like, I'm trying to think, no, there's no way I can't. I'm going to play football. I've got to play football. So, yeah, it's going back, specialist, seeing it, and then starting your, at the ground. It was like, you had to heal first. So it's like about a good six months. I'm in like, this cast. I'm not even lying. Even when I had to leave, I wanted to leave the hospital because I couldn't take it anymore. This is the only reason only way you can leave this hospital is if you can show me that you can walk on walking sticks. I said, oh, that's easy. That's not no trouble. Come on, man, just give me the walking sticks, man. I'll do that. Let me tell you something. When you're on your bed for that long, mm. your blood, yeah, is here. It's because you're sitting up like that. Mm. Now, my cast is up. I put the cast down to the ground <coughs> and uh, the blood went straight. Come from my head straight now. And the whole weight I didn't know how heavy this cast was. It took me, I nearly had my head back in the mirror, right in the seat, I swear, Lord. And like, I was dizzy and I was like, what is this? So I, he said, take your time. And then we said to him, take your time, take your time. I said, bloody hell. I was like, so lightheaded, I was like, damn. And I just want to prove that I can walk out. It's not easy. Yeah. It's like a baby learning how to walk. I, I, I had to use these sticks to lift the leg that had no strength up a step at a time using your arm and this is the arm I swear my god but I thought that and I said look man 
I came out and was like, this is where I realised this is not going to be the same, Paul. Mm. Um, so it's going to long. Do you know what? Um, we're going we're gonna to end it there uh, for two reasons. One, there's shitloads more to talk about. <laughs> there's like fucking tons, <laughs> tons yeah. to talk about. But there's a book and the car's coming. So, oh, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> so black, oh, black and blue... Uh, I'm not going to read the subline because I don't want to even spoil it. It was a winner of uh, the British Sports Book of the Year, um, and it's an incredible, incredible read. Two of my friends, uh, I spoke about you coming on this podcast, and I didn't even know that they knew who he was, and they said, I read his book. It's, it's incredible. So go out and get that. You can get it at all good bookstores. Um, there's honestly so much more. Oh, yeah. Because you was about to ask a question. Oh, I'm sorry. I do go on. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. No, it's great. Because, I mean, that stuff's fascinating, but there's there's tons, there's tons of stuff. Oh, like, Can we, I ask one more question? No. No. Go on, one more. Then. Okay. But that, how, how big of a reveal? Because there's people going to want not. It's not, it's not too bad. All right. Okay. Right. The one question I just desperately do want to ask is that, and it, it leads on from what you've just been on, been through there talking about it, the, the injury. And, and this is another reason to go and read the book because I'm sure it go, obviously goes into all of that. Um, but at the moment, there's, there's people like, you've been through so much in your life and that is just one, having to finish your career at 25 is just one of those uh, incredible things that you've had to go through and you're on the other side of it now. There's someone, someone that all English football fans love in, in Paul Gascoigne and the only time we see him now is 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 when he's going through the, the the dark days that he's going through, yeah. and it's because he's struggled with that void of not of being defined a bit as 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 a footballer, seeing that as your purpose, yeah. and and struggling to get past that that void. So my last question is is, is and I know God, this is probably too big a question, but we started with something that you learned. I was wondering if we could finish with something that you've learned. Um, one, could you just, if you can, briefly explain what that void feels like, and then how, how you, what advice you would give to someone, an ex-player or someone like that, who's yeah, who's going through something like that. How can they get beyond that void? Yeah, when you notice it, because that's the that's the hard thing, because you're in denial. That's the thing you see. You you're telling yourself you don't need help. Yeah, you're telling yourself, no, I don't know, and you're trying to hide from other people when they know you're in trouble, and people already know you're in trouble, but you're still in denial. It's to seek help. Don't be frightened about it, because there's many people, I'm not the only one, and don't get me wrong, we know the spiral I went to, I went for drugs, I went for cancer, and the drugs nearly took hold, it took hold of me. I'm not lying, it took control. I thought I was in control of it, I wasn't, and I was doing things I never thought I'd be doing, I was hurting a lot of people. And that was when I didn't know what to do because I didn't want to let people know. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Here, what? I was a footballer and now look, I'm a drug addict. How do I show that? How do you come from that? And um, it, sad things of my son dying in my arms that opened and my kids that I was doing in front of them, it was hurting. So, um, then, <coughs> then having cancer, diagnosed with that, that was, yeah, a killer. I had to tell myself, I need to change. I need to change, and it was not, like, I could get help from anybody, but you had to be ready for that help. I can say you helped me and say, yeah, 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 but I still can't do what I had to do. I had to say to myself, Paul, now I need the help. Um, that's what it was. Um, it was seeking that and going to it and not being afraid to, to somebody to put their hand on you and help you because I was strong minded I didn't like you know what I mean begging or you know what I mean anybody helping me it's not about that you're on a, on a road to destruction and trust me it would only get worse unless you seek the help um, so please do don't be frightened about it I don't care if it's counsellor and that was the one thing I was afraid of not going to a counsellor and talking my business but that was the best thing for me so yeah Yes. And even that doesn't touch a side of what's in this book. It's incredible. Thank you so oh, much, thanks, Paul. Man. Really kind to give us your Thank time. You. And I hope that people go out there and read this book because it is absolutely superb. It doesn't matter if you're Chelsea, Reading, Tottenham, whatever yeah. it is. It's an amazing book. Um, thanks. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, remember, if you want to uh, watch this, if you're on the Long Ball Street YouTube channel, 
and that's it. Subscribe, rate. James, thanks again. It's just nice being in the room. Nice to listen to you, Paul. It's an absolute pleasure. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Good. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.